2: Feel like a star, but only strictly where I'm famous. I'm in this foot along this hall, like, we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots, like, whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo. Woo-hoo, everybody. Hello, hello. My goodness. It feels like it's been a month since we've talked, and it's only been a week. I, I swear, this is my favorite date night of the month. And, uh, yes, and we have this amazing, amazing show planned tonight with uh, our special investigation episode with co-host here, Jennifer Schaefer. I love our show. I look
1: forward to it every single month. It's, it's um, something that uh, really kind of takes over throughout the month.
2: Yeah, it's what we
1: decide. It's interesting.
2: Wh- it's amazing how it comes together because we we kind of get these ideas and then mm-hmm. they just grow, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what was interesting is our last one was because something happened the night before.
2: Yes. But yes. it was
1: a thing, though, that we wanted because of actually today.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And
1: so it's interesting how all that happens, but we know better than to question it.
2: <laughs> we, we do. We do. And uh, so for anyone just tuning in, the show tonight is based on uh, the controversial cable television show on Netflix called 13 Reasons Why. And that yes. is actually based off of a number one New York best-selling book by Jay Asher called 13 Reasons right, Why. Right. And
1: it's fictional.
2: Yes. People do not
1: understand that it's fictional. It was not nonfiction, right? Okay, and so that being said, there's a lot of things that will we're able to we're tackle.
2: gonna. I think we're gonna dive into a lot. And for anyone who doesn't know the premise, the premise of this show is a high school girl commits suicide. Yes, and everybody can't figure out why what happened, but what did happen? She actually recorded cassettes and named 13 Reasons Why. And
1: for anybody that's young that doesn't know what cassettes are, <laughs> <laughs> they were pre- predecessors of the disc of yes. CDs. Yeah,
2: or before and, MP3s. And before MP3s. <laughs> and
1: so, I mean, even, you know, um, it, it is mm-hmm. kind of funny because uh, even Clay, who is Dylan um, he actually had to like borrow a cassette because play- it's not yeah. something you can find.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah this
1: doesn't it, exist anymore, really. It's but,
2: a little old school. Little um, old school. So, you know, tonight we're going to look at different angles and uh, why this show has become controversial. I love our show. Someone's watching Facebook Live in the studio. We just have to turn that off. <laughs> Please. I, I learned that one the hard way, too. Um, <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. By no means, everybody does this is this intended to make light of teen suicide? In fact, the yeah. idea is to open up the conversation
1: absolutely and there's reasons for that too, which you we have a special expert on the show
2: we do we do and uh and I would love to just kind of talk a little bit about our expert she is. Yes. A child psychologist. She has a B.A. in psychology. She's an M.B.A. from Clark University. She is a number one best-selling author of a book called Growing Happy Kids, which Mm. won Nautilus' book and Reader's Favorite book. She is a contributor for Psychology Today And runs a mentoring program for children around the world. So I would love to introduce our expert, Maureen Healy. Yay. Yay! Hi, Maureen!
0: Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so Can I excited. interject
1: one thing real fast? Sure. So, when people come to me when they've had when parents are grieving because they've had children that have committed suicide or people that are grieving in general, I always ask the question like you do. Who do you have as a therapist or a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist? Who do you have that's an expert that can help you manage your feelings? Because you and I give information, but we don't manage them. And I really think our audience really needs to know that. We do not manage people's feelings but we do give information that will help healing that's what we do Mm -hmm. but there's such it's such a need to have someone to go talk to and open up to so i just wanted to say that sorry maureen
2: yes
0: i
1: felt it was important
0: No, that's valuable. I mean, I think no matter who you are, you need someone who's, in my opinion, almost even been through some sort of big loss before that can help guide you through to the other side. Absolutely.
1: Oh, that's great. No pun intended. (laughs) intended. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: So, you know, the reason, uh, a couple reasons why we're talking about this show is there are youth suicide statistics. Suicide is the second leading cause of death uh, for ages 10 to 24. Yes. And... It is the leading cause of death for college-age students. More teenagers and adults die from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, stroke, pneumonia, influenza, and chronic lung lung disease combined. I mean, it's It's
1: heartbreaking.
2: It is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. So, um, Maureen, we, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the show and the premise and our take on it and the different viewpoints, but from, as an expert, you know, I would love to hear how often are you encountering this topic with, with children that that you're talking to? Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: this is a very, I mean, this is every parent's worst nightmare. Not, I mean, not of course, losing a child and losing a child through suicide, but, you know, having a child that even comes to you and says they want to kill themselves or, and I get those calls fairly regularly, or I live in Santa Barbara in California and we've had recently, two teens jumped in front of a train, one teen jumped in front of a train and there was a, yeah. And there was another teen that um, jumped off a cliff, which sounds horrible and is, but you know, it's not an unheard of thing, unfortunately. I mean, we all have big intense feelings and they're going through these hormonal changes and big life choices and, you know, without the proper support group or friends and a network of um, intelligent people around someone who can help guide them to make smart choices, it, or what I also wanted, wanted to say was if there was any mental health issues that aren't being addressed, right. it it's becomes very difficult for a child, especially if they feel isolated or alone or certain triggers come up. So this is, a re- unfortunately, a very regular topic.
1: Ma- Maureen, can we talk about real fast about the undeveloped brain and how teenagers feel like this is it? like they don't have the capacity like adults are like f you i'm out of here <laughs> or like you're right, not worth right, it right. but teens feel like it lasts forever and in their conscious mind it does Right Can you touch on that? Sorry to interrupt. No, but-
0: this is a great question. Um it's interesting because we found out your brain is always changing and developing but everything isn't online until you're 26. So your prefrontal cortex which is judgment isn't fully formed till you're 26. Wow. Wow.
1: I had, a right. lot of, I had a lot of judgment before then. Wow.
0: <laughs> Maybe,
2: is it poor judgment? Is it? <laughs> wow, well, that's all up to interpretation. Right, right.
0: So, I mean, so that, so, but to your question, you know, suicide at the most basic level is you're making a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Correct. So, so it's, it's, it's that feeling that that gray cloud above your head is never going to move. So it's not only mental illness, but there's also this misperception that this is not only is it terrible and horrible, but nothing is going to change. And that's when these choices are made that can't be taken back.
1: Right. So if we could tell our listeners or people that are, and we should probably put the number up. If we could, well, we
2: have a slide. I think of the yeah, okay, of but, people
1: that have ever con- that are contemplating suicide. Yeah,
2: we can show it in a little bit too. Yeah, we'll, we, we'll show it throughout.
1: It's just to know, just to know that it's temporary. The way you think is temporary, so don't. It, in, but it's right with the way you understand it. So if you feel like there's no way out, that's because of what Maureen just said. That is because mm-hmm. of how it hasn't developed, and you have to wait until you're 26, which mm-hmm. is pretty funny. That's
2: pretty crazy. That's I mean, because, that's after college.
1: That's after. But you always you always hear like I knew way more in my 20s than I do now.
2: Yeah. Oh because yeah.
1: We had we actually thought that that was the, the only thing that existed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. the more we know, the less we know, and the more we understand that statement as we get older. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. we follow it or not is a whole different story. But.
0: And the only other piece I would want to add in is that it's not abnormal to consider suicide. I mean, life can be challenging and difficult and frustrating and disappointing and hurtful at moments. So the idea that you're upset and you you want the feeling to go away is normal and healthy. It's just what you do with those feelings.
1: That's a great point.
0: Well, what about, so, you know, and I'm not a parent. um,
1: Bragger.
2: (laughs) So, but Maureen, you know, because we can look for the signs and, Signs and and symbols of like, um, you know, of what we can look for for a teen contemplating suicide, which maybe if you know some of those, you can share it. But how does a parent know the difference between a kid just saying it and talking and a kid who's going to take action? How I, I would like to the expert, you know, if you have something on that
0: that you can share. Well, first of all, if anyone ever says they want to commit suicide, I always take it seriously. I don't think there is any room to be like, I don't think they'll do anything. Absolutely not. You're right. Because God forbid that child was the one who did take action. So I always take it very seriously. And I always, um, you know, I look for different things. You know, who are their friends? Who are they hanging out with? Are they isolating themselves? Are they sleeping too long? Is there depression involved? Is there anxiety? Is there a, a, a family history because there is a biology to depression. There is a biology to not having, you know, we're biochemical beings. So when you're depressed and you can't think clearly, it's there's no fault of your own. There should be no shame. It's just that right. literally your body and your brain chemistry isn't working perfectly. So I would look at family history. I would look at the social situations. I would look at the child if there was some trigger. Were they being bullied? Was there some incident recently that has sort of spiraled them out of control? And And I would... You know, just like we go to the bank to make a deposit for a cash or a check, there should be no shame in going to a counselor or a therapist and going in and getting a checkup and saying, hey, this is what's going on in my life. What do you think? And if they're like, okay, that's fine. Or I think we should talk a little while. You know, there's at any age we should be strong enough to make that choice. And especially if we have a child or teen, an adolescent who um, has a challenge. I mean, I'll tell you from my own life. I remember I was in a car accident when I was um, like 21. And my mom said, you can have the car back, but you had to see a psychiatrist three times. And I thought, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I thought that was a smart approach on her end. It's like, listen, this is not a joke. This is not nothing. I take this seriously. I want to make sure you recognize this is an issue. You know, so I, I, I really, that made an impression on me that she cared enough to really take a hard stance and help me through something.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: And, and another thing that I want to interject is that so if kids, you know, in general don't have that that frontal core, you know, they don't have right. that mindset yet that's adult, uh-huh. they don't have the awareness. And this is what this show actually even some of the actors brought out um, that um, – they don't have the awareness to bring it up to the parents because they still don't understand it themselves, and uh-huh. so as a parent, it's our job, or as a friend, or as a as somebody that just knows children or doesn't know children, if you see something, it is our obligation to start the conversation, no matter how like troubling it is, or or that because a lot of times we just think that it's going to be okay that it's just going to go away yeah we want to believe that that we don't want to put it in their head but guess what they don't have it in them to actually bring it to us and if they do then kudos to them and that's the greatest thing that they can do is to come to us and be able but we need to be responsible enough to bring it up to them and talk about it
0: mm-hmm. how would and you- also yeah the thing i would say is that kids just don't know what they don't know right you know they don't have that wider perspective right so it they don't they're they don't not have, aware that at ten years old although this feels like the worst thing possible or at 15 that there's actually so much good coming along so down the so how would you how
1: would you Maureen how would you give it where how would you give advice on how a teen or anybody that's thinking about suicide um, confronting their parents giving them that awareness
0: yeah I mean it's a really good question because if I was a teen or if I was counseling a teen um, I, I, my first approach is talking to their peers, you know, like having, making sure they learn better from their peers and we could go to their parents. I'm not saying don't, I'm just saying like, are there peers that we can get them to connect with that are a positive influence? And of course, as a parent or teacher or a mentor or someone in this child's life that you see struggling, you do have to approach that situation. And I, I think one of the best ways to do it is from your own life. Stories from your own life I mean we've all had challenges you could say hey listen it may not be the exact exact (laughs) challenge but we could say hey I know what a bad day feels like and helping them giving them an opportunity to open up because if they don't let it out if they don't have an outlet for that intense energy it comes out in not so smart choices
2: well well, I think though I mean just to be fair though because even as an adult looking at friends you you don't I I don't know I think it's pretty difficult to tell like I've had friendships where people are pulling away and Mm -hmm. you know I don't know if they just don't want to hang out with me anymore right Right. Right, or, right. or, or if they're going through something you know, I do ask, are you going through something? Or is there anything I can help you with? I want to be a good friend. No, I'm fine. So at right. what point, I think, so, so if yeah. I don't know at my age, I think it's, how do we know? It's,
1: it's, I trust my friends. <laughs> I trust know? my friends to look at my kids and to give me enough, like to like, I trust them to know things that as much as we're supposed okay. to know. I, yeah. do, I say that I can't, because I have an attachment to the outcome, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when you ever do. You do not get that clear sense of consciousness coming in, especially right, right. with children. Yeah. And
0: also, I think you know if we're talking about teens specifically, yeah, te- teens just put so much weight on their friendships. They do. do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, or their lack that,
1: thereof. Yeah,
0: right, right. So that if you know, that's just an entry point into their deep emotional, you know, depths. But I think, like as a parent, I mean if I thought that my child was in trouble, there'd be no, no one could stop me from having that conversation with my son or daughter because I would want to know. And I would want them to know that I'm there for you no matter what, Yeah. no matter whether there's good grades, bad grades or car accident. I mean, I'm there for you. So right. that's what someone needs to know is like, I'm, not only am I there for you, but I'm going to help you through this. This is not final.
2: Right. Right. And I think, I mean, Jen, Jen, you would know, um, I would, there's a, a background, so I don't know if you're moving a, oh, it's your coffee cup. <laughs> I was like, what is Sorry. that noise? Um, there is this thing though with, um, it, it bringing up, striking up conversation, right? Because Absolutely. you had something with the school send out a notice. So and that was kids. one of the,
1: that's, so I actually, uh, started watching it my two kids um came in and they started watching it with me but they already saw it the whole season.
2: Wow. Uh-huh. And
1: yeah. I was I was actually devastated at first. You know, I'm like, "What? You started watching this?" And um it really brought because it's very difficult content. And one of the things that I have sh- like for our school to send out a memo saying to the middle schoolers, "We need to address this and give hotlines and And make sure that our kids know that we care about this and that if they're thinking about this, they need to come in. And it's I mean, it's a big deal. But it was interesting because I asked my own kids about it. Yeah. And I asked my own daughter about it and she had a take on it that I would I did not expect. And it's actually the same take as one of. Um, so Jessica, who's in this, she is a she's a beautiful girl that she's just, a character. though. She's a character mm-hmm. that's Justin. Uh, yeah. Her actual name is Ashley Bow. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was. She read this book when she was 14, and she said, she goes, it made me a better – middle school is so challenging and so difficult, and people are – and girls are so mean. And she said, it made me want to be nice and be a better person in middle school. That was before any of this happened with the show.
2: Yeah. I think it's tough, though, because, uh, you know – and maybe it's I don't know, maybe there is that genetic makeup a bit or maybe it is bio or maybe it's time periods. But when I was a kid up until I, ch- I changed a school, I was bullied awful. I mean, I, I, I think people think I don't know if people realize how bullied I was, but I mean, I had really bad buck teeth and I would just come home crying and I. You know, and then my parents who had no and money you have the
1: most beautiful smile on the planet. <laughs> well, my parents by the way. they
2: had no money. No money, you guys. And and they had to get charity care, whatever it was at that time. But I wore braces for four and a half years. I mean, that's how bad. And and the orthodontist was like, we don't know if we can ever fix her mouth. So, you know, and I'm always self-conscious. I've got this goofy, big mouth, big teeth. But <laughs> but the thing is, is that I was so, I was so bullied. Um, and, and I had no friends, not at that age. And, you know, and to this day, my mom, whenever I say I'm going out or I'm doing something, my mom will be like, Or if it's a holiday, are you going with anyone or is um, you heading time? And it breaks my heart because she, she know it was just awful. And so, you know, but we had,
1: I had the inverted, I have a tooth. I had a tooth growing in the middle of my mouth. I had braces for four years. (laughs) So it was the reverse thing that you had. But the 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 difference
2: is, you know, I mean, as I got older, our difference was, you know, as I got stronger, you kind of get in a fight to sort it out. <laughs> really, right? Um, so now, I'm not advocating fighting, but I'm just saying the time periods you were stronger. have changed, right? But now yeah. we have cyberbullying,
1: right? And cyberbullying continues after school. Where we didn't. It didn't have that. We didn't have yeah. that when it when we had school. Yeah. it stopped after school because we mm-hmm. had no way to check in. There was no, you know, people. I mean, we had the line. <laughs> if anybody called and somebody was on the phone, it would go. Eh. Eh. Yeah, yeah. A lot of listeners might not know that's that sound. But we didn't have that. So now cyberbullying does not stop. It continues throughout the night. It continues throughout their energy field. Yeah. And it's horrific. And so that's something that we never had well, experienced.
2: Plus, if you did something stupid, right? I mean, really, like we are kids. We, as adults, we do, still do stupid things. But as kids, you know, I mean, you know, right. if they're fl- sexuality and flashing, now someone's going to take a picture of Pass right. It so, and that's what
1: happened. That's what happened when she went down the slide. So yeah. when Hannah went down the slide, so, when she was so on her first quick date. So
2: for anyone, so yes. for anyone who hasn't seen this show, Hannah is the main character. I just want to take it back yes. a step because not some people, and right. I don't want to spoil too much about it. You're in correct. Case, You're but, correct. But, but but Hannah's the main character, so there is a thing where so she the, gets a so photo. So where it
1: first happened, she went on this date. And um, she went down the slide and he took a picture of her, which was cute. It wasn't anything bad or, you know, too, too bad, but it looked, you know, it could be interpreted the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Well, his buddy Bryce, um, which we're not going to spoil anything for you, but Bryce ended up getting the picture, taking it from his phone, posted it on his phone through social media. And that to her was the beginning of the end because then she became that promiscuous girl yeah and when that happens it's a very challenging awareness to come back from that
2: it was a domino effect it
1: was a domino Mm -hmm. effect because then the guys find out and then i mean it just goes on and on
2: but maureen Mm -hmm. for you with the with the patients you see and the children that you work with do you find that this is common do you find that this happens a lot or is it more rare than than we're making it um, I will answer that question.
0: But the first comment I had about what Jennifer said was something that I teach parents and children is just because someone says something doesn't mean it's true. Right. So Good. the biggest misperception that people have is if someone says something, it's true. If They post a picture of me. And I look Snoops. Like, I, I, look, I look like, you know, I'm giving right. things away or whatever it is. It must right. be true. And it's like, no, that's not true. You get to define the meaning in your life. So Kids really don't get that, and adolescents don't get that, but when they do, it's and they realize point. it's up to them, it, they can change.
1: That's a very um, good point.
0: So, your question was about is this still happening? I think that's. Basically well, how, the how
2: bad is the cyberbullying? From from your patients that you're seeing, is this really an epidemic that it's being uh, shown as in the media, this cyberbullying? Is it truly there?
0: From what my experience and my practice, Um, I still have a lot of people with regular old-fashioned bullying, Um, and there is still a lot of cyberbullying, but I think that since the documentary Screenagers came out, it was a documentary about helping parents become more aware of screens and social media, and there is more sort of policing and monitoring from parents Mm -hmm. about their teens and and their elementary students. So it's still happening, but there is – i feel like there. i'm seeing more regular old-fashioned bullying and then it feels like if that hasn't dissipated it then goes to the next level then they start taking it into the social media so it's certainly something that happens but i think that we are depending on your location and that your parents and your situation and a lot of factors people are very i mean like for example let me there's a teen that i know who's 17 and she's incredibly smart she goes I am not putting myself on any social media because I see the drama that it creates in everyone's life. So I thought that was just an amazing choice that a 17-year-old made. So I do see sort of the extremes. You see kids who are very, like, trying to get likes, not because they want anyone to like them, but because they feel more confident when they have likes, and and they have the same teens, are completely crushed when someone sends something mean or someone sends something, like a picture or something mean. So that is still happening. But I also see the other flip side where I have a lot of teens that are actually making pretty smart choices. Right.
1: My daughter actually did that. Two months ago, she showed me the you can get a log on your iPhone that says how many hours you spend where. And Mm -hmm. she goes, I'm not on Instagram or I'm not going to be on Instagram anymore. I'm quitting my Snapchat just for now. Because mm-hmm. I spend way too much time on there. Oh wow! And she's she's thirteen. Sorry, yeah. I had to look at my friend Michelle uh-huh. to tell me how old my kid was. She just turned thirteen, but it was just very interesting. And she's like, I'm not. I spent too much time on on social media.
2: Well, that's a question I have because I have a friend that is limiting her children's social media time. So do you find a benefit to that? Or is that, I mean, do you have a recommendation, a professional
0: recommendation on that, Maureen? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the person's, the child's age, and it depends on their personality, to be honest. Some kids, when you say, all right, get off this, they're like, okay, no problem. And they get off. Other kids are like, ah, no. So my (laughs) professional recommendation is that I think you do need to limit it. I think you do need to limit it, but I think it also depends on the child. There are some kids who just by their nature are not that interested. There right. are other kids that by their nature, again, it goes back to biology. If you have an addictive personality for yes. someone who is more going to the extremes, emotionally, emotionally imbalanced, it shows up as an elementary student. It shows up in high school. Mm. And if they can't make smart choices at other places in their life, they're not gonna make smart choices with social media. So they need to sort of prove to you like, hey, I can handle this oh that's smart that's a my,
1: good way to kind of look at it I took my daughter's library card away
2: <laughs> well you know speaking of your daughter though yes. let, let's show a picture of Blake so Blake oh, Blake yes. is Jennifer's daughter and yes. no it's that she she should be a young girl but <laughs> did we not have it uh, I thought I sent it to you but maybe I didn't I, I may have I think it was in a separate email actually that's what it was um, I sent it
1: so late.
2: yeah 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 but she's beautiful she's beautiful but what I'd love to do is, you know, she is 13 and, yeah. and it, if you don't mind, Jen, if I could read her take on Please it, do you mind? Because, it, it actually okay. sh-
1: it made me sh- p- very happy.
2: Oh, good. Okay. So this is what she said. She said, so the show came out the day after my spring break started. Once everyone came back to school, emails were already sent out to the parents to stop their children from watching it or watch it with them. On the day back, at least one out of four kids in my grade have watched the show from start to finish. That day, I realized that people were being kinder without noticing it. For an example, if the teacher asked the class a question and the student got it wrong, nobody in the class would laugh or say mean comments. In my opinion, I think that this happened because kids realized from watching the show that saying the wrong thing at the wrong time can affect a person's life forever. And look at her. I mean, what a gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful girl she is, uh, from the inside out. And I mean, does that not make you proud, Jen? As it a does parent?
1: when she when she told me that, I, I'm still getting choked up by it. Um, it just made me feel. She's like mom because she knew that a lot of parents were saying this is wrong. No, it's glamorizing. You know, it's glamorizing suicide. And please, audience, know. That it is not glamorizing it. In fact, I actually correlated it to the Teen Moms that show. Initially, f- parents were so furious, thinking that it was glamorizing the teen shows that you know Teen Moms. But actually, it cut down the rate of births. It cut down the rate. They actually did. I not only do I know the producers, but you and I both know Dr. Drew, who was on it. It actually made, it did not glamorize it at all. This is not glamorizing suicide. They're making it so uncomfortable because no one else is gonna, is gonna show that. No one else is gonna show the cyberbullying or the slut shaming or the, the uncomfortableness of watching what's happening. So we have to have the conversation because guess what? Our teens are gonna watch it anyway. And it is much better if we, Tell them and watch it with them, and give them guidelines, and open up the conversation so they actually have an awareness to open it up with us. Because otherwise, that's when teenagers get shut out. In right. my, mm-hmm. and I don't know, Maureen, if you feel that way. I mm-hmm. from an expert from your expert point of view, um, by not talking about is the worst thing we could do.
0: Right? I mean, do you agree? My, from my opinion regarding communication, it's so vital to have a healthy communication with your child. And with your teen, because that saves the the risks of like suicide and a whole bunch of things that we don't want happening. Texting while driving, a whole bunch of different things that goes down dramatically when we actually have honest and healthy communication. And when children and teens aren't afraid to come to us. Usually I have teens in my office, you know, school's enemy number one and parents are enemy number two. And that's not cool. You know what I mean? That's not cool. You want, Uh -uh. you don't have to agree with everything your mom or dad you know thinks or does but to be able to go to have them and have that healthy connection or at least if it's not your mom and dad an aunt or an uncle a teacher well, someone you can talk to honestly and the, and a suicide has to be on that list of things to talk about because it's just part of life unfortunately
2: how can a parent create a better relationship with their child like we can all say communication but from a parent's point of view, does that mean uh, being a friend to my kid? Does that mean being strict? Like, how how can a parent open up the communication to uh, really nurture that relationship? Right.
0: I think part of it, honestly, is to have fun along the way. I mean, I think it's very easy to get caught up and brush your teeth, go to school, do your homework, <laughs> we gotta get you here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you really need to enjoy each other's company as just right. another human being. And then you want to also, like you said, you, you're not their friend, you're their parent. So right. there is this, you are, you are there to help them, but you are also, I think successful parents that I've worked with have a partnership approach. So they work with the Agreed. child to, pro- to problem solve things. Right. Like if there's a child who, or a teenager who's doing poorly in math, you don't say, you better study more and get better grades. <laughs> no, well, you
1: figure it out and give them help.
0: Well, yeah, how can we
1: yeah. be creative how can about this? Do you
0: want to do online it? learning? Do you want right. to do a tutor? Like, we need to get this up and not make it their fault. But Look at everything, like, problem-solving. Maureen, not, like, that is such playing. a
1: great way to approach emotional issues. I never looked at it that way. I do with school, but,
0: mm-hmm. like, with
1: my daughter and son, like, I tell them, like, I'm awkward. I become vulnerable with them. And I just say, hey, listen, I don't have the best parenting skills to be your best friend or to be because I don't believe that's going to help you. What I Mm -hmm. want you to know is that I'm not going to know. And you have to understand with what we do for work to say we don't know is like Mm it could be taken as a slap in the face that my mom's working so much doing, you know, helping other people or, you know, but yet she doesn't even know what's going on in her own house. So we so it, it does have this like diatribe of. Uh, situations where I tell my daughter and this has been the best approach I feel I'm all Blakey you know I'm awkward socially I just am I'm not going to know what's in your head but I need you to just say hey mom I'm thinking about this and I give her ways of just going hey you know what remember what we talked about this and then I think that opens up the conversation more when when a parent becomes vulnerable Mm -hmm. not sad or not like um Not trying to, like, overcome for working or whatever. Just Mm -hmm. being there in that moment, just saying, hey, you have me. Please tell me what you need or what – because I'm not going to know. And for us, we're supposed to know.
2: I think (laughs) it's a tough line, though, between discipline and communication and fun. And I I think that's a – it just seems like a really tough line because I've seen parents try to be BFFs with their kids and that doesn't seem to work. I've seen parents be strong disciplinarians. That doesn't, doesn't seem, seem to, to work. work. Yeah, right? um, well, then again, that's why I'm not a parent. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but, I mean, to go to your point, though, uh, you know, it is the fastest way for spiritual growth is being a parent. Because it, yes. is, <laughs> it is. No, really, it yeah. is so challenging. That's interesting. How can uh-huh. you be conscious? And loving when someone's a teenager telling you to f off, it's like wow. You know I mean? so, so, so it, it right. brings up your own triggers, and and I o- always find that when you're parenting a child, you're like reparenting yourself at that age. So if you have a thirteen year old and you didn't really like being you're, thirteen, yeah, you're I, trying
1: to give them every single aspect I, of what you didn't get emotionally or physically. Yeah, and my mom and dad did an amazing job. I was one of seven children.
2: But I would love mm-hmm. to just say that but, people yeah. can absolutely be spiritually enlightened who don't have children. I, I really think that's a fair anybody thing that, to say. Anybody I'm, I'm really sorry, but I have to defend people actually, who don't have kids. Wait, wait, wait. I have, to say that, I have
1: to say that you guys are ahead of us.
2: <laughs> Probably not, but it's...
1: <laughs> and uh, anybody that's ever care, like, cared for an adult or for a, for a dog or a cat or some type of animal... You are enlightened because you don't want to hurt that person. The only difference between parents is that my kids might be so cute that I won't physically hurt them at this point. But it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking things. It doesn't mean that I'm not going, okay, I'm in way over my head. I actually told somebody real fast. I actually told someone, if someone came to me, if I didn't have children and I was applying to have a child, and then all of a sudden at this age, which is, you know, really young, not um and they said you get to have two children and they're gonna look like this and this is what their names be like i'm not ready i am at this age i'm not ready to have kids yeah but back then thank goodness we have them then because i think there mm-hmm. is a point to all of that yes. <laughs> because
0: mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. No yeah and, and one isn't better than the other it's, right it's the, the idea of having responsibility for anyone 24 7 a day i mean just that idea is overwhelming (laughs) it makes
1: it makes being a turtle owner a lot better
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm um i I would i used to have
2: turtles well there you go (laughs) i would love to just mention uh maureen's website growinghappykids.com and she does mentoring she has a mentoring program you can go to her website she does them around the world you can do it on skype via the internet Um, But, you know, if you have questions or a consultation, she does offer them. So I would encourage our listeners to please visit the website – Check Marine out. Um, You're
1: amazing, Marine.
2: Yeah, and you are. and thank you. um, thank you. I would just I just want to take a moment and really thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight and for you know giving us the expert advice on this because I think it's invaluable that w- we have it. If we're gonna do this show, it's part of like you know someone who does this for a living. How right. do you cope? Mm-hmm. What can we do? How can we be uh, more nurturing and encouraging to to our children?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the only thing I would add is just that, you know, anyone who's listening that, you know, always reach out to someone. There's always Always. someone if you have, you know, just to reach out to someone and let someone know you're struggling. Someone, no one can help you if nobody knows. So I think the first thing is just to reach out.
1: And can I mention just another thing real fast is that when Arch, like, for instance, I, when I was younger, I thought about suicide. I had no, no reason to think about suicide. I grew up in a lovely family. All of this, you know, there was no reason. And I think a lot of kids that actually think about suicide don't know why. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I now i am a medium. Granted, I didn't know that when I was young. But I think a lot of kids that are supposed to work in law enforcement or doctors or people that are going to help the other side, there's something innate into your you know into your mental body that's saying you're going to do that some people take that the wrong way like I thought about suicide because I didn't have a dialogue as a child that and it's not my it's nobody else's fault but I didn't have a dialogue as a child that I was going to be working with the other side they don't want me over mm-hmm. there and a lot of kids that think about suicide you're going to be working with them you're not going to they don't want you over there um, right. just like if you were born to sing, you put you get put in singing classes, or if you're born to dance, you get put in dancing classes. You're born to think about death, you go to a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. But it's right. just another take that I want parents to know about that mm-hmm. if their kids have talked about that, maybe they are mm-hmm. gonna go into forensics. Maybe they're mm-hmm. gonna do something with the other side. Anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I run that mentoring program for highly sensitive kids I love because that children who are very sensitive, you just feel more deeply and teenagers feel more deeply. And it's those deep feelings that you're struggling with how to make choices on. And so helping having someone else been through that, whether it's someone in the community, someone professional, wherever I think is a a big win.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times it's not their own feelings, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're helping them figure that out.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, if Thank you. just in uh, in closing for Maureen, is, is there any way, um, what, what if someone's got a teenager that doesn't like to talk? Like, you know, you could see in the show the 13 Reasons Why Parents were asking the kid, How are you? What's going on? Like, trying to engage in conversation, but the teen was absolutely kind of not having it, giving them one word answers. As a parent, uh, what advice do you have to them to kind of help open that? door
0: a bit more well I think I think it's like any profession or doctor you just have to get the right person and I think that a child picks up on what you're giving them Hmm. so if you're worried and concerned and you know what I mean that they're picking up on that and they're like no no but if they if they go to someone who like completely knows that whatever you say is okay I'm not going to tell anyone this is confidential you're in a safe space they get that too so I have a bunch of parents who actually drop off their kids or kids that drive to my sessions. So, and, they, and the parents pay for the sessions, but they say, you don't have to tell me anything. Just tell me that, you know, Sally's on the right track. They want that child to have that safe space because they know there's something, but they're yeah. not the right person. That's so fair. I think that it, it's all about finding that right match. And that oftentimes I think it's hard as a parent to say, I'm not the right match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they but yeah. we need to find someone, whether it's Colby, whether it's Jennifer, you know, someone right. who can connect to them on a very authentic level and they can feel like it's safe and comfortable and they can right. get the guidance they need. And I and I really explain that coaching or mentoring, if you're going to learn soccer, you go to a soccer coach. If you're going to learn happiness, you go to a happiness coach. There should be no <laughs> shame in it. You got to... Right. Someone is father along. on the brilliant. path. You, you just ask right. them... How how do I handle X Y Z? How do I what, what wake is it up that happy? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great, Maureen. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's, it's a Very 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 helpful. Very
2: helpful. So um, I just I just take a moment to thank you again for anyone again check out Maureen's website growinghappykids.com. There you go. Okay. And uh, Maureen, thank you so thank you. much. And also thank let's you. show. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Maureen. Thank you you
2: so much. Have a great night. Have a great night. So we've got a a few minutes left. So I thought we could just kind of take calls or no, no. sorry, Uh, I wasn't planning on it. Uh, Didn't look into it. Diving (laughs) into just diving into uh, the just the areas that we can kind of work with on a spiritual level with these kids, you know, Um, and creating that open environment for them.
1: So a lot of things, so just from our experience, from my experience as a child, when I would go to school, I would feel this horrible, like, feelings, what I thought was from my friends, but really it was just from their stuff. Yeah. And so what I'm teaching my own kids is what what is theirs and what's not theirs. Right. And to just really be, just know that a lot of stuff that they think about is really not their own. I know this is a lot in one podcast, and we should probably should make it two podcasts, but um, or three or four. Uh, um, well. <laughs> the, so, like for the for instance, Selim, Selena Gomez, who we love, I love. She was one of the producers of this show. She said she wanted to make sure that suicide is not an option. Suicide can be something that can be prevented. If our kids are actually able to talk about it, then they're actually able to get help that they need. But it's uncomfortable. Anything that's uncomfortable, whether it's drugs or whatever, it's very uncomfortable when you're growing up. And we have to remember that our kids' brains think that... That is it. They have nowhere to go because their brains aren't developed. We really have to remember that that they think this is going to last forever. This pain, yeah, um, that might have not have answered your question.
2: And sometimes it does last forever. I mean, I, I you know, know. It, it, I, I mean, know. mean, there are just people that We have triggers. Well, there are people that deal with depression and they have to learn how to maintain uh, absolutely maintenance. And so, you know, but it, but it,
1: like she said, get a soccer coach. Get you know. a coach is going to help you. Don't yeah. look, Don't shame it.
2: Yeah, I, I think the no show... No more shaming. I mean, for me watching the show... Uh, uh, well, the one thing, too, I thought... And again, I you know, it's b- very interesting because I do have a friend that will not let her uh, children watch it. Um, she doesn't want them to see it. Or I have seen it. And I didn't think... I mean, and again, you know, but I didn't it is um very very sensitive material but very. but to be honest it's very realistic in the content that they're talking about
1: they wanted to make sure that they did everything and that and so you know when it came down to um Bryce okay everybody wants to hate Bryce, Bryce in the show so Bryce is he's the a, popular one he's that,
2: like the quarterback of, right. of the varsity team kind of deal
1: so if everybody if anybody gets anything out of this, Please, please, please tap on the trailers when you go to Netflix to get to get what's beyond the reasons, to get the video because they will go into detail. And watch it with your children. Watch it because it gives so much information about why they did the things that they did in the show yeah. and why suicide, they wanted to make it so ugly because it was not something that there's no – it's preventative. Yeah. It's not something that's glamorized. It's preventative if you talk
2: yeah. about and it. And I I do, again, just because I I just want to be sensitive to to the parents. Um, if, if you have or know of a child that has committed suicide, I don't want you to feel that you did something wrong because no it one. wasn't prevented. Absol- it's, absolutely. It's, I'm sorry. I I'm, just want to make that right. clear. <laughs> that's a
1: very good point. Yeah. I work with a lot of parents that I... I've In my life, I've tried to commit suicide. I said that in our last podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because I I actually loved the other side. I didn't understand that I was not supposed to be over there. Um, (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. And so when it comes to children that commit suicide, it's nobody else's fault. It's not their fault. There's something chemically that happened in their brain. There's something that went wrong. But I'm just saying that people that are actually thinking about it now as a preventative tool – we could actually have the conversation because a lot of kids didn't know that they... Again, if we don't have the conversation, they don't know to bring it up to the parents.
2: Right. The same as, and you so know, it's having... It's an awareness. Having the condom talk to prevent pregnancy, let's have the suicide talk. <laughs> Haven't
1: had that talk yet.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's... You know, opening Making up the, the communication. Opening up the communication is is the key, I guess, is what, really what we're learning here, don't you think?
1: When Dr. Drew told me this two years ago, you have to talk about it. I've looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, yeah. we can't talk about it. But he is absolutely right. Yeah. He's, we have to have the conversation. It's not going to make them want to go do it. It's going to make them be aware that we are aware.
2: Right.
1: Versus them feeling alone in the process.
2: Or or right, or that there's this fairy tale land and that they're, that they're having these real issues and then they can't talk about it. It's like right. saying, Yeah, you can.
1: You can. You we know? might not
2: like what you're saying. Yeah. But well it's probably not comfortable as a parent, I would imagine. You know? <laughs> no. Probably not. No. But you know, it but is key. That's
1: way better than finding after or, or missing something where yeah. th- your daughter gets pregnant.
2: Or anything, yeah, I mean uh, I, I I think if most parents had the option, I would choose the pregnancy over suicide, but right, oh it wasn't a comparison. <laughs> I was
1: just thinking in my own world, yeah, it wasn't a comparison. Sorry about that,
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, um, but it, it you know it's we're being sensitive to all parents and issues, and um right. it, it's not an easy thing, is it? It's not an easy topic.
1: It's not an easy topic and I'm telling you, it really like when I heard Blakey's comment, because I went to the other side, I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's so many kids that have thinking about suicide and she's like, Mom, like this little cute little angel As of now, by the way. I'm not trying to project she's gonna be like (laughs) that for the rest of her life. I don't want to give her that haul, you know, on her back. But she said she goes, No kids are acting nicer and it was true. And for her to say that, I'm like Wow, that's the only t- like the other parents don't have that take because they're, they they just saw the show. They didn't right. they didn't talk to their kids, so right. they don't know what their take is. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because I made her sit with me in the most uncomfortable scenes, she had she's like, "Mom, people are so much nicer. That's the other take. They're n- it's they're nicer because they know that what they say matters." Right,
2: right. And and words do matter, and I think words matter as, as an adult. Thoughts mm-hmm. matter, you know, and what we say to one another. And, it, yes. you know, again, with a, a sp- social media is such an obvious one. People will say things on social media that they would never say to the person's face. Mm-hmm. And, and we really just as a society, I feel, need to be much more caring and compassionate and kind to Pick one another. Up
1: the phone.
2: So, Just
1: pick up the phone. Don't get in your head. If you think something, just pick it up Yeah, and call the person.
2: Absolutely. Um, well, it w- looks like we are about at the end of our show already. If you can <laughs> no. even imagine, that's how quickly no. the time... I know, we have fun no. together. We do. I know, <laughs> we, we do. do. Even with the difficult topics. But, you know, that's the idea of this episode. Special we're gonna investigation. Str- we're going to
1: stir the pot.
2: We're gonna, we're gonna look at things and we're gonna try to understand it more. So, um, you know, so, Anyhow, I, I just, you know, again, thanks. this was a great idea by you, Jen, really. It was Jen's idea for this show. I had to go and, and what's that called? Um, <laughs> what did I have to do, crash watch them? <laughs> I'm or like, Binge, binge you watch. You have to
1: binge watch I these. Did, but this, I'll tell it's you, just, you
2: start, and it
1: is. You won't stop. I and, but, up, yeah. but please, after you're done, don't watch the trailer. Don't watch when you touch trailer. Watch that afterwards. Please watch everything else. But thanks, you guys, for listening.
2: All right. Well, there we go. Till next month. Yes?
1: Till next month. All right. right.
2: Jennifershafer.com. Yes. Colby. See you next month. All right.
1: feel like a star, but only strictly
2: where I'm famous. I'm in this for the longest haul, like we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots like whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo.